0: It speaks. It speaks!
2: What?
3: I am Ripper, Terror, Slasher, Mm -hmm. Gouger. I am the teeth in the darkness, the talons in the night. Mine is strength Ah.
2: and lust and power.
4: I am. The Riley and Kimmy
2: Show.
1: The Riley and Kimmy Show.
4: It is a Sunday, the day this show is uploaded. Thank you for listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's episode number 1,172. Right next to me is... Kimmy. I got my name. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. 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 <laughs> hi. Uh, hi there. That's right. Uh, hi. Welcome to a Sunday episode.
5: Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy... Three very sane spectators,
4: and I am your host Patrick Riley. Right next to me, the sane ones. Uh, To my left is Kimmy, and behind me is the fur kids. And they are they are getting all situated in the uh, the dog bed behind us on this Sunday funnies edition. That's right, very early as we record this, uh, witching hour actually, uh, quite us witching hour. Uh, We held off recording this episode for Sunday till after Spenguli was done, and Kimmy's watching the werewolf thing, and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we had to wait. Uh, she wanted to get scared. Mm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. th- that's what you said. You said, you know, I want to yeah. get scared. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and plus, you want to watch classic movies and things like that over the next few days. That's right. I think you got a couple that you've selected. Which one are you going to choose to watch, Kimmy?
6: Um,
4: Casablanca. Oh, you're going to do that one first, and then what's the next one?
6: Well, there's also um,
4: the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, you got to watch The Falcon. It's Peter Lorre too. Okay. It's The Falcon. You've never seen the Falcon. Got to see the Falcon. So that's uh, some of the things that are in store with the Riley and Kimmy show. Just around the corner, Kimmy's going to be watching some classic movies. Right, Kimmy? hmm And by the way, the Riley and Kimmy show has a special announcement. A special announcement coming up on the next episode. That's episode 1172. We will be revealing a new guest, an added guest, a special guest, to the Melbourne Toy and Comic-Con, which is happening real soon, Sunday, March 19th. But a brand new guest. We, we know who it is, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And we get to announce this coming up on our next episode. That's Monday's episode. Join us on episode number 1173. We'll announce the new guest for the Melbourne Toy and Comic-Con.
7: Suspense.
4: Yes, join us there and also we'll have that update uh, what it is on our Facebook page and other social media and you can find all our social media links where, Kimmy? At RileyandKimmy.com Yes, we mentioned the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con but that's not the only thing the Riley and Kimmy show will be at in the month of March. We will be taking it to the streets. (laughs) Yes, we'll be taking it to the streets and taking it to the dogs. That's right. A a, a a pause on the catwalk is one of the things we're going to be doing. That's just around the corner. Pause on the catwalk fashion show happening Saturday, March 18th from 10 until 2. That's 10 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon at the Melbourne Auditorium. Melbourne, Florida Auditorium. And it's a luncheon fashion show live in silent auction Vendors there with a lot of things for your fur kids. You can find something, I'm sure, for your fur family. And there are adoptable pets, Kimmy. Yeah. That's right. Adopt. Don't shop. Check this out. This helps the Brevard Humane Society. You can find out more by going to their website, brevardhumanesociety.org. And a big thank you going out to the Brevard Humane Society for inviting the Riley and Kimmy Show at this event, our special uh, show that deals just with animals. Animal Special will be there covering this event, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody who will be with us right next to us, I've been told, that is a superhero who will be with us at the pause on the Catwalk Fashion Show. Tug. Yes, Tug. Tug, the bull terrier puppy, will be there as seen on Rachel Ray and Tug will be there with his parents. That's Kim Joy and Blake Ovard. i will have Tug comic books. That's right. Tug has a comic book. And they help animal rescues. And also part of dementia. Awareness and anti-bullying. Tug travels the country spreading the word. He truly is a superhero. And if you'd like to find out about Tug's story, it starts out rough, but it has a happy ending. You can check out our website at RileyAndKimmy.com. Our video section And we have an interview, a video interview with Tug's dad, Blake, where he talks about Tug and how Tug was discovered and how Tug, it was realized, is a superhero. Mm -hmm. Check that out. And that's available right on our website at RileyAndKimmy.com. Please tell your friends. They may not be into the regular convention scene, the things we normally go to. This is totally different. It's a special event happening on Saturday, March 18th. Melbourne, Florida, close to the ocean, actually. Matter of fact, you make it a whole day. Maybe spend part of it with the Pause on the Catwalk Fashion Show. And then maybe another part at the at the ocean. And if you're vacationing in Florida, this is uh, this is close to Orlando. If you happen to be going to the theme park areas. Pause on the catwalk, please spread the word with those who love animals. Please help out. Pause on the Catwalk Fashion Show. Find out more. Website is BrevardHumaneSociety.org. Society.org. I have a question for you, Kimmy. Are you willing? Are you able? Can you play? Do you want to play? Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Absolutely. It is a Sunday, March 5th. We'll be asking Kimmy some trivia questions from the almanac of just everything, including worthless trivia. Yeah, it's all mixed up there, including even important historical things. Timeline has been jumbled up, so feel free to shout out answers to your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, whatever computing device you're listening to. to The Riley and Kimmy Show on because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. I'm serious. Anywhere on planet Earth, you can hear the Riley and Kimmy Show with brand new shows every single day. We are a variety of Nerd-related talk show. I am prohibited from saying geek now. Kimmy knows what the word geek really means. Where it comes from, she said, "Oh, please don't, don't, don't say that word, right? Yeah, you, 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 want me to kind of make it go away, right? Yeah, find another word. Don't use geek. Uh, well, okay, okay Kimmy. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, we, we offer pop culture fun. Every single day, we take you down into the past and reminiscent and fun of things of yesteryear and things of today as well. Here we go with that very first question for Kimmy on this Sunday, March 5th. Listen carefully, Kimmy. We're going to be asking you a movie question, a film question, a cinema question. Are you ready? hmm There we go. It was on this date in history. This film premieres, Kimmy. It premieres in Berlin, Germany. It is an unauthorized adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Tell me the name of that movie. They did not have permission. They tried. They were not given permission from the Stoker estate to be able to make Dracula, so they changed some names of some things, like Count Dracula became Count Orlock. Tell me the name of that silent film, that classic that was almost completely destroyed. One print remained. What is the name of the classic?
6: Nosferatu.
4: Correct. Now within five years. What year did Nosferatu, when was its film premiere? What year? 1929. Not within five. You miss it. Okay. One more guess.
6: 1922.
4: That's exactly right. That is the year. 1922, Nosferatu was made now you have seen Nosferatu
2: mm-hmm. right?
4: you know I love Nosferatu mm-hmm. okay I like Nosferatu far more than Nosferatu vampire which was the remake with Klaus Kinski in the late 70s I do like it too in its way but I, I love the the original Nosferatu 1922 moving over to something else happened on this date in history Kimmy I don't know if you ever watched this show but you should have been aware of it if you did not MTV began airing The Osbournes, the reality television show following the daily activities of what rock musician? Ozzy Osbourne? Yes, and his family. Now the question is, another one here, what year did that happen? When did they premiere The Osbournes? Was it 1992, 1997, 2002, or 2007?
6: 2002?
4: It was two thousand and two. Did you ever see that show? No, I didn't. Wow. You, did you get somebody yelling that answer to you? Is that how that worked? Um m- probably. Must have oh, been. Oh okay, Kimmy. Moving over to something that was filmed, but it went to television, Kimmy. It was a classic film, then it would eventually be shown on television. Our question for you is when was this film first shown on television? <laughs> Why, a few months, be up in lights on Broadway. Kong, the of the world! The original King Kong movie was shown on television for the very first time on this date. What year? 1946, 1956, 1960, or 1965?
6: 1965?
4: Very first time it was shown on television was 1956. The very first time Kong was shown on TV, mm. Kimmy. Okay, moving over to something else happening on this date in history. You're going to love this one, Kimmy. It's theater based. I mean, you know, plays, stage. Uh-huh. Oh, you're going to love this. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It's on this date. The first Shakespearean play is presented in America. It is King Richard III, performed in New York City. Question is, what year was Shakespeare performed for the very first time in America? was it nine was it 1750 1867 1897 or 1907 1867 the very first time shakespeare was performed in america king richard Third was 1750 Key was i said america not the united states mm. something else happening on this date in history 1770 the boston massacre happened Five Americans are fatally shot by British troops in an event that would contribute to the outbreak of the American Revolutionary War, also known as the American War of Independence, just five years later. The year is 1849. Zachary Taylor is sworn in as United States President. Question is, what number was he sworn in as, Kimmy? Was it number 10, number 11, number 12, or number 13? Number thirteen. It was number twelve. That's Zachary Taylor. It was on this date. You know, it's kind of funny when we were kids. We probably made fun of Zachary as a name. Yeah, that President is Zachary. But now Zachary's like a cool name. Mm-hmm. Probably in the last fifteen years or so, right? Ten, at least. maybe
6: a little bit before that.
4: Okay, but you know, I mm. think when you know when I was little, you know, Zachary, what is that? Mm. Okay, yeah, it was on this date, 1877. Rutherford B. Hayes was inaugurated as the 19th United States president. 1922, Annie Oakley broke all existing records for women's trap shooting. She hit 98 out of 100 targets. It was on this date, in 1946. This individual delivered his Iron Curtain speech. Tell me who this famous individual. Was. An
1: iron curtain has descended across the continent. Behind that
3: line lie all the capitals of the ancient states of Central and Eastern Europe Warsaw, Berlin, Prague, Vienna, Budapest, Belgrade, Bucharest, and Sofia. All these famous cities and the populations around them lie. In
1: what i must call the soviet
4: sphere kimmy do you know who that is churchill that is i didn't even have to give you a bonus clue yes you are right that is winston churchill 1946 so on this date 1960 elvis was honorably discharged from what branch of military service kimmy Which, the army yeah he was in the army you're you're on a roll are you getting people yelling at you was this is that where you, you, you know these you, I, know. Uh, well, I, I know these 1969 saw dusty springfield collapsing yeah she collapses while taping a tv appearance mm. that's 1969 did you ever see the movie airport kimmy Mm. Not the comedy. The the ones the comedies are kind of based on.
6: Maybe on TV.
4: Yeah, Airport. The uh, the movie based on the book by Arthur Haley, directed by George Seaton, and starring Burt Lancaster and Dean Martin, is released on this date in nineteen seventy. I don't ever, I don't even remember much about that film. I just know for some reason I've avoided it over the course of time. As a kid, I I had no interest in that one at all. On this date, it was announced that Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Eileen Collins would lead a crew on Columbia on a mission to launch a large X-ray telescope. She was the first woman to command a space shuttle mission. What year was that, Kimmy? 1982, 1998, 2000, or 2002? 98? You are exactly right. That is 1998 that that historic event happened. 1998 also saw something happening in the world of space. NASA announced that an orbiting craft had found enough of something on the moon to support a human colony and rocket fueling station in the future. What was that something they found enough of? Water? Yes, exactly right. 1998, they found enough water. It was on this date 1994 Grace Slick was arrested for pointing a shotgun at police in her home. Moving over to notable birthdays today, this individual born on this date 1908 died 1990 at the age of 82. He appeared in numerous films, I mean tons of films. One of them I'm pretty sure you have seen. Identify who This mystery birthday person is, if you can.
8: A man can talk to the animals. It's a miracle. In a year from now, I guarantee,
3: I'll be the marvel of the mammals, playing chess with camels,
7: no more just a boring
3: old MD. I study every living creature's language,
8: so I can speak to all of them on sight. If friends say, can he talk in crab or pelican? you'll say like helica and you'll be right
7: and if you just stop to think a bit there's no doubt of it
3: i shall win a place in history
4: kimmy can you tell me at least the name of the movie i would think you have seen this one dr doolittle yes yeah, dr doolittle from 1967 it is the star can you tell me who that was David Nevin? No, Rex Harrison, who was born on this date, 1908. I, have you ever really seen that movie? Mm-mm. I would have thought you would have. I Mm-mm. mean, beca- I, I suggest you watch that one, considering how much you love animals. Okay. Next birthday, mystery individual. See if you can identify who it is. An actor. The role of the newsman Ted Baxter on TV's The Mary Tyler Moore Show was actually written for him. He was offered the role. He said, no, don't want it. He didn't think it was right for him. But later on, he would appear as guest star in a 1971 episode as Ted's highly competitive and equally egotistical brother, Hal. He had a famous son whose fame surpassed his in the 70s. Who is the mystery birthday person? Jack Cassidy. That's right. Jack Cassidy died at the age of 49. That's... Uh, wow. He, he, he's, in. you know, his hair went silver early, very young, so he can play different ages quite easily mm. and plays fantastic uh characters on Columbo. if you ever have a chance to see that on me tv he's in several episodes one is a magician the great santini and he's evil and as a matter of fact in all of them he's evil he does an excellent uh, drunk scene in one of them where he's a writer where he bumps off martin milner he he kills him uh he gets caught but it's it's cool you know, mm-hmm. it's it's great seeing him work with uh, Peter Falk. And he's in an episode of Night Gallery, which is kind of a premonition or a foreshadowing of his own death. His character in Night Gallery dies in fire and he dies in fire, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sad. Uh, I would, And, you know, I don't always enjoy Hollywood biography things done, but I, I kind of think it'd be interesting to see somebody do a film about him. I don't know who could play him. Uh, but his story is, it's it's tragic, and he's one of those, I think, who could have been even bigger, you know, uh, beyond a doubt. Moving over to another birthday person, Kimmy, this actor, so many films he has done over the course of time. He started acting at a very early age, I mean, extremely young, and then would end up in Blue Velvet. Then he would end up, well, actually, before Blue Velvet, he's in one of my favorite Orson Welles films of all time, Compulsion where he plays a murderer, a very young murderer. And then he is in Blue Velvet a number of years later. And then he's on a TV show, which he he became a household name almost. He was the boss of Scott Bakula's character, Sam. He was the one who was in contact with him. He was the one who was the hologram. Here is your audio clue. Tell me who this birthday person is.
5: Hey, Sam, you remember that song we put in Ziggy's memory banks a few years ago when we were. Now you wouldn't remember. We were fooling around with a rap song there. Now, if I could just access this and maybe, maybe even get it to play through the handling, that would be pretty good, huh? Got it. No, this is rap. I gotta make up words. Let's see. Oh, uh, you're a loony tune in a big white room, and I'm a hologram from the future. And I'm moving fast back into the past, and i got to say
2: I'm pleased to meet
4: you. Somebody I would love to meet, tell me who that actor is. Can you tell me who he is? He was in every episode of Quantum Leap.
6: I know, I can see him, but I can't think of his name. Oh, and
4: he's played bad in so many TV shows as a as a guest. I mean, uh, he's he's even in a Colombo episode, too.
6: Mm, I think he was supposed to be at a convention near us at one time, but that's I true. Think it
4: was. I was very upset. Canceled. He he didn't. It didn't happen. Yeah. Oh. Can you tell me who he is?
6: Can't think of his name right now.
4: Dean Stockwell. Yes. How old is Dean Stockwell today? Within five. Um. Seventy
6: nine.
4: He's 81 today, so you you get it there. Moving over to somebody from the music world, Kimmy. Had a hit record back in the 1980s. See if you can identify the song he had as a hit. Bonus, if you can tell me who he is and how old he is, here is your audio clue. Bangkok, oriental city, in the city don't know what the city is getting. The creme de la creme of the chess world in a show with everything but Jules Brenner. Yes, and what is that place, Kimmy? What's the name of the song? Uh, One Night in Bangkok. Yes, that's right. One Night in Bangkok. Tell me, was that a number one hit or not? Yes. It was not. Hit number three. That was its Mm. peak in the Hot 100. What year was it number three within one? What year? Ninety. 1984, that was a hit. It's kind of interesting when they released it, too. There were two versions of it one done by another artist a female artist who did the same song and both of them were released at the same time but his got the video play on mtv and the airplay at the same time and became a hit can you tell me who the recording artist is no murray head having a birthday today he is 71 so if you can identify this musician kimmy who had hits in the 80s here is your audio clue Please, identify who the recording artist is. Now in the streets there is violence And then a lot of work will be done No place to hang out or wash it And then I can't take all on the sun Oh no, we're gonna rock down too Yeah, Kimmy, tell me the name of the song. Electric Avenue. Yeah, that's right. Electric Avenue by whom? Can you do it, Kimmy?
6: Um. Wow, my brain's freezing up.
4: Somebody yell it out to her. Can you do it, Kenny? Can you do it? My, Give, my brain is frozen. You're giving up on this one. It's Eddie Grant who had that as a hit. Question for you: Was it a number one hit or not? Yes. It was not. It was a number two <sighs> hit. What year within one? Eighty-five. Nineteen eighty-three. He had another hit. It did not chart as high, but it was part of a movie can you tell me the name of the other hit no michael douglas was in it that's your next clue okay can you tell me the name of that movie the name of that hit romancing the stone Eddie Grant romancing the stone did not break out of the 20s on the charts of the hot 100 back then in the 80s. Next person having a birthday. See if you identify who it is, Kimmy. He is a magician half of, well, his partner's name is Teller. Can you tell me? Penn. Yes, that's right. Do you know his last name? He never. Gillette. That's exactly right. And tell me what cop show he was on in the 1980s. Can you do Law that? Law and Order? No no no, 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 no. In the 80s? It was in 1985. He was on a hit TV show was... for one for one episode. He is in it. One episode. One episode, um, one episode. Miami Vice. That's right. One episode. Miami Vice, Prodigal Son, 1985. He is in that. Penn Gillette having a birthday today. How old is he? Within five. 65. He is 62 today. See if you can identify the next person from the world of music having a birthday today. No longer with us, though, Kimmy. See if you can identify who this is. Here is your audio
2: clue.
4: What is the name of that hit?
6: I was trying to think of the name of the person.
4: Okay. I was trying to be easy for you there. Can you tell me the name of the hit? And maybe you can think of the name of the person.
6: Lover girl. <laughs>
4: She had a close association with Rick James. Can you tell me who she is, Kimmy?
6: She also had Walking on Sunshine.
4: That's Katrina. That's not her. Katrina in the Waves had Walking on Sunshine. Oh. Yes, that's not her. I don't know. It is Tina Marie. Tina Marie. Yes. Okay. Born on this date. Passed away 2010 at the age of 54. One of the weird things that happened to her, like in 2001 or two, right around there, she was at a hotel And a a painting, a picture, fell off the wall while she was sleeping. hit her right in the head and gave her a severe concussion that would affect her for the remainder of her life. She would have seizures, they believe, because of that. But it did not supposedly cause her to die. The autopsy that was done by the Los Angeles County uh, Coroner's Office ruled it natural causes for her to pass away at the age of 54. Wow. Yes. Next person, born on this date in history, recording artist. See if you can identify who it is from this hit of theirs. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here is your audio clue. Yes, Kimmy's dancing around in the studio. Kimmy, tell me who that is. Andy Gibb. That's correct. Born on this date. Passed away what year? Mm. Within five. What year did he pass on?
6: What year is that song from?
4: I am not going to tell you. Okay, I, I will tell you. The song Shadow Dancing, number one on the charts, 1978, when would he pass? And by the way, Nin- he, he would die just five days after turning or having a birthday. 1982? He died 1988, five days after turning 30 years of age. Mm-hmm. Question for you. Shadow Dancing, number one, 1978. Was that his first number one hit? Yes. No. <laughs> Yes, that was the very first one. I just want to be your everything. Number one, 1977. Moving over to somebody else having a birthday today, an American actress model. She played a love interest villain. It was like a it was really hazy, which she was in a 2008 film. The Spirit. Eva Menendez having a birthday. How old is she today? Uh,
6: Within
4: five. Forty. She's 43 today. Model, Nikki Taylor having a birthday. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. How old is Nikki Taylor today? 49. 42 today. See if you can identify this individual, former actor, Kimmy Keith, former actor, who gained fame when he was chosen by George Lucas to play the young Anakin Skywalker in the 1999 film Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Who is that? Jason Lloyd? You are close. You missed the first name. You're the right ballpark, though. Last name's correct. Jacob Lloyd? Yeah, close enough. Jake, <laughs> Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. How old is Jake Lloyd today? 30. He's 28 today. By the way, in April 2016, he was transferred to a psychiatric facility after being diagnosed with schizophrenia. Hmm. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. This individual passed away on this date in history in nineteen sixty three. She died at the age of thirty in a plane crash. See if you can identify who it is, Kimmy. I'm
2: crazy. I'm crazy for feeling. So lonely. I'm crazy. Crazy for feeling something.
4: Who is that mystery voice? Patsy Page? No, no. We'll, we'll give you um, one more clue here. I fall to Each time
2: I see. I fall to
4: pieces. Can you identify who that mystery person is, Kimmy? You got the first name correct last time. I did? Yes. You,
6: Patsy.
4: Yes, you got the first name correct. By the way, crazy was written by Willie Nelson.
6: Hmm. I don't know. My brain's just frozen up. It's
4: Patsy Cline, who died at the age of 30 on this date in a plane crash. Uh, That song, Crazy, from 1961 reached number two on the country charts, number nine on the pop charts, and I Fall to Pieces, number one hit for her country charts, and number 12 on the pop charts. She was an exception at that time period. She actually crossed over from country to the world of pop. She had an acceptance, and who knows what would have happened if that plane crash had never happened. Individual passing away on this date in 1980. Known for television work, Uh, he was a sidekick, Kimmy. Known for being a sidekick. Matter of fact, in the 1970s, he would kind of cash in on that sidekick image, doing a lot of commercials, TV commercials. But he will be forever known being a sidekick to a certain law person. Early crime fighter. See if you can identify who I'm talking about. Tell me the name of the character he played and what TV show he was on. Here's your audio clue.
7: I'm dead, Kimusabi. You not be afraid. Sometimes mask hide face of good friend. Now you tell, why your hands tied? Why you fight Indian?
4: Gimme, tell me the name of that character. Who is that? Tonto. And Tonto was on what radio and TV show?
6: Lone Ranger.
1: with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Ohio silver,
4: the Lone Ranger. Yes, yeah, going back to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Kimmy, the Lone Ranger, you got that right. I have a feeling you cannot tell me who played Tonto, can you? No. Uh, he passed away on this date in history. That's Jay Silverheels. He died from complications of a stroke at the age of 67. Moving over to someone else who passed away uh, on this date, comedian, he was half- Of the Blues Brothers, Kimmy. He died of a drug overdose on this date in history. Who is it? John Belushi. That's correct. How old was John Belushi within two at the time of his death?
6: 29.
4: He was 33. What year within two did he pass away? Nineteen
6: eighty.
4: That's within two. It was 1982 when he passed away. Did you ever read the biography about him, about that incident, the Wired thing that was done? No. you never did. Okay. 2014, somebody really in the world of obscurity for game shows. You have to be a freak like me to really love game shows to probably know who this is. It's Jeff Edwards, an American game show host. Died of pneumonia at the age of 83. He, he bounced around in the 1970s with really low-level uh, national game shows, be the best way to describe it. He's one of those, you go, yeah, I remember seeing him, but... It just the shows were unfortunately forgettable. I don't even know if they run anything that he's done on Buzzer TV. That's the game show, you know, channel designated just just to uh, game shows. I think you did a fantastic job on this Sunday, Kimmy. And I think what we'll do right now is focus on a couple of things, because especially because you didn't know someone from trivia. I think we will honor them with a Golden Age of Radio. (laughs) Anytime we have the opportunity to go back in time to the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. And we're doing that right now. One of the reasons because, well, Kimmy, I have a feeling, I'm not certain here. You know who Dean Stockwell is, right? Yeah. Okay. There's no question about that. You know who he is. Okay. Well, we have something that's a treat here about Dean Stockwell because we have one of his earliest uh, acting roles that he did actually on radio. Uh, he was part of the golden age of radio, but he's like 15 years old when he records this. So it's kind of, and he stars in this radio episode called "Home's Not a Place" from 1950s. Really cool thing about this too, it's he he imagines a world because his world's really bad, and he, it's it's kind of hard to tell what's not real. And it's a fascinating study. It's a great example of the golden age of radio. And it's Dean Stockwell, so you get to hear the dude from Quantum Leap when he is extremely young. Now, somebody Kimmy definitely did not know that's Rex Harrison because she's like, I have no idea who that was. Uh, we have an example of his work. He was in, uh, you know, he was no stranger to the Golden Age of Radio either. We have something from his world called Night Train. This is a mystery from 1946. We have both of these episodes back to back, uninterrupted and by the way they're safe for the entire family you can listen to them great way to escape here on this sunday let's kick it off with dean stockwell he's a teenager in this home's not a place on the riley and kimmy show
9: this is dean stockwell with a welcome to stars over hollywood presented by carnation evaporated milk And here is your host for Carnation, Art Ballinger.
3: Welcome to Hollywood, home and workshop of the world's most glamorous people. Each week, Stars Over Hollywood presents, in person, the world's greatest stars. Actors you've seen in motion pictures and heard on radio. Such famous names as Rhonda Fleming, MacDonald Carey, Elizabeth Patterson. Today, Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk, brings you a young star whom you'll long remember for his excellent performance in The Boy with the Green Hair, Dean Stockwell, the story, Home's Not a Place. And now, Act One of Home's Not a Place, starring Dean Stockwell in the role of Dickie. Curtain going up. no matter how modern, is not the best place in the world to grow up. Dickie had never lived anyplace else, not in all his 14 years. It's tough being 14. You're not a man yet, but you're no longer a child. It's hard to know what you are, because you're a little bit of both and not much of anything. Dickie had one friend at the orphanage. Her name was Susie. She and Dickie had a lot of fun together. But now, something had happened to change all this.
0: Dickie, don't take it so hard. Please, don't take it so hard.
9: I don't care, Susie. I don't care. Honest, I don't. I'm glad you got adopted. I'm glad you're going to have a mother and father and a regular house to live in.
0: There'll be just me for them to take care of, Dickie, instead of a whole lot of kids. They're going to take me to the circus, they said, and buy me cotton candy, and to the rodeo and to the movies anytime I want. All I have to do is ask them, they said. Anything I want to do, I can do.
9: Maybe it's because you're pretty. Am I pretty? You know it. Now, uh, take me, for instance.
0: Oh, Dickie.
9: Everyone except you calls me that other name. Four Eyes. No one ever calls me Dickie.
0: Well, they're just silly, that's all.
9: Maybe it's because... I don't want to talk about it.
0: I feel kind of funny, Dickie, leaving you here all alone.
9: It'll be okay. When are they coming for you?
0: Pretty soon. How soon? Miss Temple said in about five minutes. I'm all ready to go. Dickie. What? I have an idea. Remember Hempy?
9: Sure I remember him.
0: Maybe if you brought him back, he'd keep your company like he did before I came here.
9: Oh, Hempy was just pretend. He was baby stuff.
0: I like him. I mean, I like all you told me about him.
9: Nuts to Hempy.
0: You said you used to talk to Hempy just like you talked to me. Out loud and everything. Even if he wasn't really there. Why don't you ask him to come back?
9: Hempy's silly. Miss Dimple said so.
0: I'd almost rather not be adopted than be adopted without you.
9: Look, Susie, you're acting awfully dumb. Getting adopted is the reason why we're here. It's the best thing that can happen next to having a mother and father of your really truly own.
0: But I'll be lonesome for you. I wish you could go to the circus with me. Yeah. You helped me a lot while I was here, Dickie. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. You helped me because we liked each other, I guess. Anything you did was okay by me. Remember when you showed me how to tie my shoelaces?
9: Mm-hmm. You must have been pretty dumb not to know how to tie your own shoelaces.
0: A lot of people tried to show me before, but with you, I sort of got the hang of it better. Dickie, I don't want to go. You have to. I'll write you lots of letters. Maybe you can come and see me. Oh, Dickie?
9: I'll cut it out, Susie.
0: I can't help it.
9: Oh, women always bawling. Susie? Miss Dimple's calling you. I know. Goodbye, Dickie. So long, Susie.
0: Susie! I'm coming, Miss Dimple. Well, Dickie?
9: you better hurry. Else maybe they'll take somebody else.
0: I wish they would.
9: Go on, they're waiting for you. Your new mother and father are waiting for you, Susie.
0: Bye, Dickie.
9: So long, Susie. <laughs> What are you doing here all by yourself? Nothing, Miss Temple. Don't you feel well? I'm okay. Then why are you lying in bed? It's playtime, you know. Bedtime isn't for another half hour. Why don't you go over and get in on a checker game? I don't want to. But why? Because they don't want me. Oh, that's nonsense. Just because they gave you a nickname doesn't mean they don't like you. Sometimes a nickname means they like you a lot. Four Eyes means they don't like how I look. If they did, they'd call me Dickie. You know, Dickie, you have to make an effort to win friendships. Not with Susie, I didn't. You miss Susie, don't you? Oh, I don't know. You've hardly talked to anyone for the three days she's been gone. What's there to talk about? Well, maybe one of these days someone will come along looking for a boy just like you to adopt. You wouldn't want them to turn you down just because you looked grumpy and unhappy, would you? No one will come. Now put your glasses on like a good boy, and I'll take you over and get a game started. Wouldn't you like that? Mm-mm, I'm sleeping. But you can't go to sleep. It's not time yet. This is the free play period. And we can do anything I want. And I want to go to sleep. Very well, then, if you're going to be stubborn about it. But I'm warning you, you just better mend your ways. Please go away and let me sleep. 25 sheep. 26 sheep. 27. 28. Dickie, 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 darling. Yes, Mother. Mother, Mother, it's all right, Dickie. But I thought, I thought that he fell off the tightrope. I saw him. I saw him fall all the way down. And he landed on the horse, and the horse ran away with him. No horse can take your daddy from you. Dickie's up. Dickie's up. Daddy, daddy. Dickie boy. Dickie boy. Dicky, Dick, Dickie bird. Here's a present for you. Twenty-five Lion Teamers whips. Oh, boy.
10: And from the other pocket, thirty-seven bicycles.
9: In thirty-seven different colors, with horns
10: and lights and covered with fifty-six gallons of shiny chrome, my son. <laughs> I love you, Dicky. Dicky, Dicky. Love you, Dicky. Dicky. Love Dickie. Dicky boy. Dicky
9: boy. He floats through the air with the greatest of ease. A daring young man on the flying trapeze. His actions are... You bad boy, what are you doing sitting all alone again? And where are your glasses? In my pocket. If you'll put them on, I'll tell you the surprise I have for you. Surprises are sissy. Not this one. I've gotten permission to take you into town this evening to see a movie. Thanks a lot, Miss Stimple, but I won't be able to make it. Why ever not? My parents will probably be back to see me, and I wouldn't want to miss them. Why, you know you have no parents. Sure I have. They came to see me last night you must have been dreaming that's all i was not dreaming i wasn't they came to see me how could they have gotten into the dormitory without a key i guess my father had a key probably a key that opens any kind of locks even on banks my father can do anything he wants to and he wanted to come and see me so he did even if he didn't have a key then he just break down the door he's awfully strong why you made all this up out of your head it's not true None of it. And the sooner you get rid of such notions, the better. That's what you say. But I know different because I saw them and you didn't. Oh, I'll have to report you to the office. This is terrible and something must be done about it. What's more, young man, something will be done about it.
0: And you know what else, Dicky? My mother and father, they arranged it with the orphanage that next time you can visit me at my house instead of them bringing me here to see you. And I'm allowed to invite you for next weekend. I can't come. Why not? Don't you want to visit me? Don't you like me anymore?
9: Well, sure I do. But I have my own parents now, you know. They come and see me all the time, so I have to be here.
0: You do not have any parents either.
9: You should know all the stuff they do for me.
0: Except they don't take you to the circus.
9: I can go to the circus any time, because my father's a tightrope walker.
0: Oh, he is not.
9: What does your father do?
0: He's a lawyer.
9: Well, my father's an airplane pilot in his spare time. He has his own airplane, and he writes things in the sky. He's going to take me with him next time, maybe next weekend.
0: Bet my father's bigger than yours. He's over six feet.
9: Mine's seven feet. And he gave me 37 bikes.
0: Let's see them. You can't. Why not?
9: Because... Because... Because
0: you just made them up, that's why. You're always making things up.
9: That's a lie. And if you don't think so, you ought to see my mother. Boy, is she pretty. She's prettier than you, even if you do have curls now instead of pigtails.
0: My mother puts my hair up every night.
9: My mother smells like roses. All the time she smells like roses. And she has blue eyes and a great big diamond necklace.
0: My mother's president of the League of Women Voters.
9: My mother could be president of the whole United States if she wanted to.
0: I don't believe it. I don't believe anything you say. Nobody's seven feet tall unless you make it up. And nobody has bikes that you can't see. And nobody's mother can be president. You made it all up, just like you made up Hempy. You don't have any parents, and I do, so there. And I don't want you to come to my house, not ever, ever, ever.
9: Oh, who wants to go to your house anyway? And
0: how come they let you stay here? How come they don't take you home with them? Oh, me. Mother! 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 <laughs>
3: The curtain falls on the first act of today's radio drama, Homes Not a Place, starring Dean Stockwell. We return now to the second act of Homes Not a Place, starring Dean Stockwell in the role of Dickie. Dicky had spent all 14 years of his life in an orphanage. He never had any real friends until Susie came along. Susie was the only one who didn't make fun of his thick glasses. Then Susie was adopted, and Dickie started keeping to himself again. Out of his loneliness, he created a make-believe mother and father, who became more and more real to him each day. When Susie came to visit him, he told her about his new parents. She refused to believe in them. This made Dickie angry enough to hit her. Miss Stipple had to
9: intervene to stop the quarrel. You're an ungrateful little boy. Put your glasses on. My father and mother say I don't have to wear them anymore. You don't have any parents, and you know it. Now put your glasses on. No, I don't have to. Why? What do you mean deliberately breaking your glasses like that? Do you know how much it'll cost the orphanage to get you a new pair? I don't care. I don't care. You come along with me. I'm going to lock you up, and you won't be let out until you admit you're lying about having parents. Are you coming? No. But well, then I'll just have to drag you. They're true. They're
0: true.
9: Dad, when are you going to come and take me home?
10: You want to go home? Why didn't you say so, dickie son?
9: I figured maybe you had a reason. Maybe you were going on a transatlantic flight or something, and, and that's why I had to stay here all alone.
10: We'll come and get you as soon as we can.
9: When will that be, Dad? Pretty soon. They don't believe in you. They don't believe you're ever going to come and get me.
10: Dickie boy. Dickie boy.
9: Dickie. Dickie. Dickie bird. I want you to put on a clean shirt, Dickie. What for? Comb your hair. Why? Because there's a gentleman in the office who wants to see you. My dad... He said he'd come, and now he's here. Uh, this man is not your father. He's just a man who's interested in adopting a boy of your age. I knew he'd come because he promised. He always keeps his promise. My father does. You don't deserve to see this nice man, but since you're the only boy in the orphanage, who's fourteen years old, we we haven't much choice in the matter. Now uh, take off that dirty shirt. Okay. And I'm gonna comb my hair real good. <laughs> Thomas? This is Dickie. Dickie, this is Mr. Thomas. Hi, Dickie. Hello. Well, I'll leave you two alone to get acquainted, if you'll excuse me.
10: Sure, Miss Temple. Well, Dickie? What's the matter? You wear glasses. Yeah, so do you. So what? A wonderful invention. When Mother Nature slips up, glasses take over.
9: Somebody must have made a mistake. What do you mean? My father doesn't wear glasses. You aren't my father. No, but
10: maybe I will be someday, if we like each other. My father's a lot taller than you. What do you do? I'm a school teacher. School teacher? I teach manual arts. What's that? Making things, with saws and wood and nails and things. I could make almost anything you'd want.
9: My father can pull anything I want right out of his pocket.
10: Well, that's a fine thing to be able to do. I, I wish you'd ask him to pull out a new fishing rod for me. <laughs> Mine's kind of beat.
9: Maybe I will. When are you going fishing?
10: This Friday afternoon. I'm going to spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday up in the woods I know. It's nice up there. I have a cabin where I stay. But it's it's more fun when you have company. Why don't you invite someone to go along? I was thinking of that. But I I didn't know anyone to ask. I don't suppose you'd like to go up, would you? I'd like to. But I'm expecting my father to come for me pretty soon. Well, how about leaving him a note, telling him where you are? Maybe he wouldn't be able to find me. I'll draw him a map. Well... Oh, I I always have a great time up there. Great hunting and fishing. Maybe you'll bring back a rabbit or some trout. And you'll be doing me a big favor by coming, Dickie. I I like having someone to talk to. Do you think you could follow the map? (laughs) From what you tell me, your dad can do just about anything he put his mind to. I could pick you up here about four o'clock on Friday. How about it? Yeah?
9: Yeah, I guess that'd be all right. I'll see you then. And be sure I'm doing the map. Jerk your line like you told me to do. Okay.
10: Oh, I lost him. Eh, Probably just a bunch of grass or something.
9: What are you going to do with all the fish you caught, Joe? And the rabbits?
10: Eh, Give them away, I guess. Maybe I'll keep a rabbit for myself. What are you going to do with yours?
9: I was thinking about giving them to you.
10: (laughs) Well, I... I used to take them home to my wife and boy. I had a son, you know. What happened to him? Oh, about a year ago, he and his mother were killed in an accident. I sure miss them. Especially at night. My house seems pretty empty. How come you don't get a chance to get someone to come and live with you? Well, I've been thinking about that. As a matter of fact, uh, I was thinking about asking you to come and live with me, Dickie. You're the same age as my son was, and... You even look something
9: like him. He must have been awful funny looking.
10: (laughs) I used to say he looked like me.
9: I don't think you're funny looking. I don't suppose you'd like to come and live with me. Sure I would. Except for my father. He's supposed to come and take me home pretty soon. What do you think home is, Dickie? It's the place where you live with your mother and father.
10: I used to think that way, too. But Lately, I've been changing my mind. Home's not a place, Dickie. It's a feeling. I live in the same place as I did before the accident, but it isn't a home anymore. Because I I don't feel the same about it. There's no one in it I need. Who do you need? Well, I guess I need someone like you, for instance. A man and his son. That's a fine feeling. That's what home feels like.
9: But what about my other father?
10: Well, after all, he has your mother. So he couldn't need you as much as I do because I don't have anyone. And like I said, if if someone needs you, needs you more than anything else in the world, then you're home. I'd have to talk to them first, Joe. How does this sound to you, Dickie? I'll take you back to the orphanage tomorrow, and you wait around for your parents and discuss the matter with them. Tell them all I told you. And then, uh, along about Wednesday, I'll come to see you, and you can tell me what they said.
9: That sounds okay to me. I'll do it. Hey, Joe, I think I got a bite. <laughs> I don't know what you said to him last weekend, Mr. Thomas, but he's been a different child since you brought him back. He'll be along any minute now. Thanks, Miss Temple. Oh, here he comes now, across the lawn, running as though his life depended on it. I'm going to slip out the side door and leave you two alone. You seem to be the best thing that ever happened to him. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Thanks. Hi, Joe, how are you?
10: Well, Dickie, how are you? Okay. Well, what's the verdict? What did your parents have to say?
9: They didn't say anything. They didn't? Well, I couldn't ever get a chance to ask them. Oh, that's too bad. I I was hoping... It's a funny thing, Joe. Every time my father came to see me, he turned into you all of a sudden. (laughs) That is funny. Like once, he was unlocking the door and the key turned into a fish hook and then you were there. (laughs) Well, how do you explain it, Dickie? I thought about it a lot, but
10: it's hard to figure out. Dickie, didn't you used to have a make-believe friend named Himpy? Miss Stimple told me something about him. Yeah? That was when you didn't have any friends here. But uh, what happened when Susie came along to be your friend? Himpy went, went away.
9: He just disappeared.
10: And that means that when you want something very badly, you, you just make it up. Lots of people do that. So after Susie left, what you wanted was a father. So you made one up in your dreams. And the reason he turns out to be me now is because. Because you're going to be my father,
9: and I don't have to pretend anymore because you're real.
10: Right. Say, you're pretty smart to figure all that out. Yeah, Joe. How do you feel about rabbit for supper? I sure would like some. Well, come on then, Dickie. Let's go.
9: Okay, Joe, let's go.
2: Whoa.
1: Squibb presents Academy Award. Tonight, Rex Harrison in Night Train. Every week, Squibb brings you Hollywood's finest. The great picture plays, the great actors and actresses, techniques and skills chosen from the honor roll of those who have won or been nominated for the famous Golden Oscar of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Tonight, Squibb brings to Academy Award the well-known screen actor Rex Harrison. You will hear Mr. Harrison in the role he created for the screen in the thrilling mystery Night Train, the picture which, for the best original screen story of the year, was nominated for the 1941 Academy Award.
8: name is Randall, but I, I was known once as Major Herzog. I have a number somewhere around the place and some newspaper clippings and a, and a medal. Yes, I have about everything one needs, including nightmares, to remind me that not so long ago I was one of those calm, nerveless chaps the books describe as a British agent. Right now, I'm addicted to gardening, and I propose to cultivate the gentle passion for the rest of my days. Unless, of course, they need me, which, God forbid. My little excursion into darkest intrigue began about the time Mr. Chamberlain's umbrella failed to open at Munich, and we entered that Gilbert and Sullivan era known then as the Phony War. Now, believe me, there was nothing phony about mine.
7: Oh, uh, hello, Randall. How are you? Fine. Sorry to bring you down to London tonight. You must apologize, too, for all the secrecy, but we've got a crisis again. I know. Uh, we were just discussing the Beaumash affair. Yes, I... Uh, you slipped up badly there, didn't you? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, uh, We needed Beaumash, frightfully, you know. And after all our trouble in getting him away from the Nazis and out of Germany, you let them come along and steal him away
8: from under your nose yes well you see they were they were very convincing he posed as officers in the royal navy and said they were to take him to dinner aboard admiral somebody's ship uh, they
7: dined him all right but aboard one of their u-boats
8: yeah uh, i uh, i underestimated their nerve well
7: the war office has been stinking about it
8: they take the view that this armor plating of bowmashes
7: will make all the difference in the coming war and by tomorrow night bowmarsh will be in berlin where they won't lose any time in putting the screws on the poor devil
8: tomorrow night That means he won't be at the Admiralty until, let's see, uh, Saturday morning.
7: Well, that's about it.
8: Why? Nearly 48 hours.
7: What are you driving at?
8: Well, they got him out of England. Why shouldn't we get him back? Oh, that's quite impossible. Why? I know my way about. Speak German like a stormtrooper. I spent five years in Berlin.
7: We might be in a shooting war before you get back. You know what that would mean. Yes, sir. Well, you know perfectly well I can't give you permission to do it, and the fact that you make such a proposal shows you're obviously not yourself. You agree? Well, uh, (laughs) I quite agree with you. Uh, Well, Randall, I suggest you take a week's sick leave. Uh, Take a complete change of air. Well, I must say this is mighty sporting of you, Randall, patriotic and all that. The highest tradition of the service. Right.
8: Oh, it's nothing so noble as all that, and after all, gentlemen, I did block my copybook a bit, and... And then, of course, there's uh, this Beaumash's daughter. Really? I say, touch of romance, eh? <laughs> well, sort of. Uh, gentlemen, I'll need some letters of introduction and that sort of thing. And, and oh, yes, is there someone about who could draw up my will? Well, <laughs> it, it wasn't really so bad, uh, getting into their benighted country. I had some wonderful credentials, a beautiful uniform and the manners of a pig. My German was excellent, and my Heil Hitlers were things of beauty. I called upon Commander Kampenfeldt at the Admiralty in Berlin.
11: This is to introduce to you Major Ulrich Herzog of Corps Engineers. Major Herzog is in Berlin an important technical mission for which he requires Admiralty assistance.
8: I want to refer to certain technical evidence given before the Naval Heavy Armaments 1935 committee. If you will let me have a copy of the report, Commander. Uh, Certainly, Major.
11: Uh, It will take only a moment. I have my own filing system here. Um, have you been in Berlin long, Major Herzog? Nine. I only left the Siegfried Line last Tuesday. Mm, Things must be pretty hectic there. Ah, yeah. Yeah, indeed.
8: I was there in a consultative capacity, uh, steel fortifications. You possibly have heard.
11: Oh, yes, 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 of course. Uh, how is our steel? Crop plating is poor.
8: That is why I am in Berlin. Do you realize that the steel used by the Czechs is better than anything we have got? hmm
11: But uh, surely now that we control the color works... Not enough. We let the only man who counted there slip through our fingers. Beaumash. yeah,
8: Wonderful fellow on armor plating. Produced incredible results. And where is he?
11: Working for Britain. No. Bomash is no longer in England. What? He was brought back to Germany only a few hours ago. In fact, Major, he's in this building right now. Well, this
8: completely alters my plans. Perhaps you can arrange for me to see Habomash at once.
11: I'm afraid it is impossible. But surely there is no harm in my asking him a few questions. It is beyond my province, Major. If you uh, could get permission from Admiral Van Hassinger, But, uh, <laughs> nine, his office is like a kingdom of heaven. And if anything, a little bit more exclusive.
8: But you do not mind trying, Commander. After all, I've always felt I'd more or less earned the right to get one foot at least in heaven.
5: Anna, it is useless for your father to resist us like this. You must persuade him. You will both be given reasonable freedom. Freedom? Here? In time, you will see things the way I do. The way everyone in Germany does.
0: I'm not a German.
5: Germany is as much your country as it is ours. We don't hate the Czechs. We only wish to protect them. And you are protecting the people of Poland? That's enough. You have gone too far, Fräulein Bomasch. You will be placed in a concentration camp until your father comes to his senses. Must must you drag my daughter
12: into this
3: Achtung, the chief of naval staff vice-admiral von hassinger
12: well karl marsen is this the way the gestapo conducts a meeting here beaumars wringing his hands his daughter in tears come man there must be more persuasive methods of getting valuable cooperation excellency yes uh... oh never mind this is major herzog corps of engineers
8: perhaps you've heard of him the man behind the siegfried line hey herzog only one of the men sir the führer is responsible for the line as he is responsible for everything else yes, yes. heil hitler heil Hitler. i'd
12: like to have you report marsen now
8: certainly admiral you will uh, remember me herr bombash i did not expect you to see you again so soon and you Fräulein bombash i see you have not forgotten it must be four years
2: Oh, well, yes
5: it must be. Just a moment, Major. I'm sorry, but I must ask Herr Bomash and Fraulein Bomash to step into the other room. Guard, take them away.
8: This way. Maybe we will meet again, Gennetikus Fraulein.
5: I thought it unwise, sir, to speak in front of Bomash. So far, we've made no impression on him.
8: I do not agree. He looks 10 years older. Baumash is not the one to be bullied in the corporation. No? What would you suggest? I knew Fraulein Baumash in Prague. She has a great influence on her father, and is the one person who can make him change his mind.
12: Oh, Marson here has tried that. He's our Gestapo man who got the Beaumarshes out of England under the very noses of British military
8: intelligence. My congratulations, sir. Thank you, sir. But if I may say so, I do not think Herr Marson is a suitable person to influence the lady.
12: Then who do you think would be more suitable?
8: Uh, Myself, for instance. You? Why not? You saw the way she looked at me when I came in. I think if you were to spend a few hours with her, I might induce her to to reason with her father.
12: You knew her that well in Prague? It was uh,
8: spring, sir. Well, I think you're something of a dog, Major. Mm, I doubt, sir, whether the
5: Major's qualities will make an impression on her, sir.
8: I did not know that you were acquainted with my qualities, sir.
12: Well, we let him try at no harm done. If he doesn't succeed, leave all the arrangements to me. This requires knowledge of maneuvers, eh, Major? Oh, quite, Admiral. Definitely. Good luck. Heil Hitler. Hail
11: Hitler! Well,
8: so far, so good. Miraculously good. I went to the hotel where the Bomashes were kept prisoners. I convinced them, especially Anna, that she'd have to play up to me, to behave as if we were renewing an old love affair that began in Prague in the spring. Anna tells me now, or when I get around to asking her, that she was only acting then, but of course that's the way of wives isn't it anyway i wasn't acting my part at all i meant it oh, one more thing i shall have to spend the night here
0: that is necessary
8: yes yes the place is absolutely crawling with gestapo uh, have you any sporting instinct why i'll toss you who takes the couch in the other room
0: you behave as if this were all a joke don't you realise how much depends on our getting out of Germany?
8: No good is no good being intense about it. I don't like the, the facing a firing squad any better than you do. What do you mean? England may be at war with Germany tomorrow. Oh. Now just keep trying. Try to pretend you find me unbearably attractive.
0: <laughs> if a woman ever loved you like you love yourself, it would be history.
8: Now what? I'll take it. Hello, German Admiralty. Hello. Yeah, ja? Herzog here.
11: Sorry to disturb you at this hour, Major Herzog. We have had to alter our plans. Orders have come from Munich that Bormash is to go there by first plane.
8: But this is ridiculous. Can not that be delayed for a few hours?
11: Impossible. The plane leaves in an hour. Fuhrer's orders. Heil Hitler.
0: What is happening?
8: They're sending your father to Munich at once. There's only one chance. Leave this hotel. Scuttle. It's an old German custom.
0: But the guards downstairs.
8: We got into the Admiralty. We'll get out of here. Get your clothes together. I'll tell your father. we we'll leave in five minutes. I have been instructed, sir, to leave immediately with Herr Bumasch. I shall not require you. Very well, sir. Shall I get you a taxi, sir? I will call one myself. Quit. Steady. We've got to act as if you we were under Hitler's orders. Look,
0: we're trapped. <laughs> Stop, Chief oh, Herr Marsen
5: well well i didn't expect you to be here in the lobby waiting
8: major i'm ordered to escort herr bomash and his daughter to munich really the controller phoned me a few minutes ago and i was about to drive them to the Admiralty myself orders were changed sir we are to take the train of course the the train it leaves in 50 minutes very well we are ready you sir certainly were you not told i have the admiral's authority to travel with them you see, he feels it essential that Herr Bommage should be persuaded to c- comply with our wishes before he reaches headquarters. I was progressing extremely well with Fräulein Bomash when this happened. I see. Very good, sir. Yes, excellent. This way, Herr you your arm. My car, Fräulein. The theatre is waiting.
1: <laughs> and now, the House of Squibb presents part two of Academy Award starring Rex Harrison in Night Train. (laughs) ¶¶
8: And this is not a scheduled stop for the express.
5: I do not know, sir. Very unusual. But then these are unusual times. If you will escort Fräulein and Herr Bomasch, I'll find you out the trouble. Of course. Come, my dear, we've got to get off here.
0: But darling, I thought the Führer was in such a hurry for us to arrive in Munich. Shh,
5: one doesn't question the vagaries of the Führer. I beg your pardon, Major. What was that you say? I
8: said one does not question the orders of the Führer. Of course not. Heil Hitler. Hail Hitler! Watch your step, Freiland. This way, Herr Bommasch. I say, um, did you notice that German officer who just came out of the train? Yes, Carl, huh? Why? Well, my dear charters, I could have sworn it was old Dickie Randall. We were a beta together.
11: He played for the gentleman once. Really? Hmm. But if he's a German officer, how could he be Dickie Randall? Huh? Well, here they come. Why don't you ask him,
7: old boy? Uh, that shall, old boy. Ah. I say, um, excuse me, old boy. I but um aren't you old dicky
8: randall mayor Hudson, Corps of engineers oh professor. Oh, sorry dash it i i must say he looked like old dicky that
0: man you
8: know him yes he called call it, it was close
0: what will happen when we get to munich the
8: car will be waiting probably a big crowd i shall ask for a second car so we can be alone If
0: well, they don't give it to us
8: they will because by that time we shall be on the verge of persuading your father to work for germany But you, on the other hand, must be asking for time to think. You get the idea? Yes. But how can we... Well, we have uh, only the chauffeur to deal with, and after that, Switzerland. Switzerland? Long way from Munich. The only way out of this fortress. We shall have to make it. (laughs)
1: I say, uh, do you know why we stopped, old man? No, I don't. Why?
5: Oh,
7: I just had it from a train man. Old England's declared war. Not really. Hmm. I say, I want to put a call through to Berlin. Oh? Why? I left my golf sticks there. Can't leave them behind just because of war, on you know. Now, here's a booth. Oh, excuse
8: me. That German chap in there—that's the one with old Dickie. If it was old Dickie.
11: I say, try this extension. Yes, sir. This is Martin reporting, sir. I say, listen. Good. Major Herzog is not known to the war office. No officer of that name on the list. We believe him to be an enemy agent. Yes, sir. You will carry on with him to Munich. Let him think he's getting away with it. We will be waiting for you there. Very good. Heil Hitler. Interesting, what? Very. Herzog
8: isn't Herzog. And they're going to do him in when we get to Munich. Then if old
11: Herzog isn't old Herzog... The chap might be... Right! Yes. He might jolly well be old Dickie Randall. Joe!
2: Oh, oh. 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 Oh.
8: Uh, wash my hands i say um, if, if you're dicky randlow chap you're batting on a sticky wicket all right colt can i got your note what is it oh this is charters an old friend of mine how do you do uh, how do you do frightfully crowded here what well, what's it about well i i was phoning berlin for my golf clubs when old charters overheard that chap you were with Looks like a Gestapo, Jack. He is a Gestapo, Jack. You know they're sending a military escort to arrest you in Munich. Yes, yes. You see, you see, you're Randall. R- um, Randall, aren't you? Yes, of course you are. And, and they know that you're not Herzog. So now listen, I can't tell you everything. There isn't time. But I've got to get that old man and the girl out of the country at all costs. What, an official job? Are you two fellows going to help me? What, against Germany? Absolutely, old man. Backs to the wall. Rather. <laughs> for Is the tea left?
0: Yes, I think so, Ulrich.
5: There's no time for tea. We are coming into the Munich station. Ah, enough of this comedy. There is no such person as Major Herzog. He is a British agent trying to get you and your father out of jail. Ulrich.
8: Forget the Ulrich, darling. The Gestapo knows everything. Thank you. you you're going to give yourself up. Looks like it, Herr Beaumage.
0: Don't you realize what this means?
8: Yes, I do, but he's got a gun and I haven't. What'd you take me for, Bulldog Drummond?
0: Oh, I told you this would happen. Your scheme was absolutely childish. Why didn't you stay in England instead of coming over here and deliberately throwing your life away?
2: You fool.
8: Thank you, my sweet. Look out. Ah! Ah! Stop! I'll give you that gun and get to sleep.
1: Oh, that was so fast.
8: Yes, I can move once in a while. Uh, You uh,
1: called for the guard, Major Herzog. Beastly fat, these Nazi
8: uniforms, eh? Okay, Cordicut, charters. You can carry the Gestapo into another apartment and lock the door. Very good, sir. I say, it looks like we've struck a blow for old England already, eh? Uh, Come on, lift him up, Cordicut. There's a good fellow. Where are the Nazi guards? Oh, well, we found it very necessary to drop them off in the tunnel. Uh, Probably never be found. The military escort is coming.
5: What
9: do we do
0: now?
8: We drop it through. I'll order Cordicut to to drive, then we'll make a dash for Switzerland hitler heil hitler
3: orders from the fifth army headquarters for the arrest of major Herzog.
8: i fear you will need a stretcher the prisoner tried to escape and i had to deal with him you will find him in the last compartment coach 66. what transport have you two cars sir excellent i should take one i am under orders to escort Herr and Frey and beaumage general von klontisch without delay very good sir coach 66 you said sir right that'll be all heil hitler Hail hitler <laughs>
7: say, oh, Dickie, we're being followed. Of course. I may
8: be a bit silly, but uh, how do we get across the Swiss frontier? Narrow road leads up to the top of the mountain. Oh, what's over the top? Switzerland. Anything in between? 6,000 feet drop. A uh, gaming one.
2: Uh,
8: shooting, I say, they can't do that. I hope you're right. Uh, hold on, we turn here for the summit. Never mind the car. We've gained about five minutes on them. Here's the cable car.
0: You mean we have to cross in that basket?
8: That or nothing, darling.
0: Yes,
5: sir. We want to cross to Switzerland. Sorry, sir. We are at war. I had orders yesterday to close the cable
8: car. You have new orders from Gestapo headquarters in Munich. Yes, sir.
7: But I must phone for verification.
8: That'll have to be your verification. Now, in you go, darling. You too, have Mash, quickly. I, I, I say, Do we know how to operate this thing now? Perhaps we shouldn't have shot that chap. Well, we'll... We'll run it somehow. You chaps better pile in. I'll start the mechanism and try to keep these those nuts off until you get across. No, nothing stirring, old Bean. All or nothing. We'll stay. Eh, hey, Charters? Of course. Nothing else a chap can do. Back to the wall. Now come on, get started. You chap's, you chaps going with the others. Carry on for me if anything happens. Remember the bow mashes must get to England. No, no, I won't leave without you. Now get in and shut up. I'm starting the motors. We can't leave you. Couldn't run out on old Dickie. Get going. That's an order. Darling. I'll
0: be waiting. Look out, Randall! Here they come! Get the man in the control
5: room! Yes. You ought to shoot down the cable car basket! Kill them oh.
0: I won't leave here till I know what has happened to him.
12: But, my dear, we can't stay
5: overnight atop this mountain. Even if we are in Switzerland. Poor old Dickie.
8: They must have got him. Oh, well, the shooting has stopped. I think we'd better carry on. Orders he gave, you know. Take the Beaumarses to England. Yes, yes, right you are. It seems a
5: shame, though, to leave old Dickie's body on Crouch's soil. After all you know, he, he played for the gentleman.
0: We don't know what happened. The fog closed down. Well, I can't see across.
8: Oh, it's no fog, old girl. It's a cloud. A big old cumulus nosing around. Listen...
0: I say i say it's the
5: it's the old cable car maybe those chaps mean to come across after us uh, I, I wish i had a gun now
11: take it easy mr Bill Marsh. We'll give them a bit of a reception hey Gallica. i used to shoot with the
8: guards you know oh, get back girl get back we'll need all the room take a position charters right i'm ready and
5: shoot when you see the red tips of their snouts
3: steady on here it comes
8: blast that cloud in our way it's coming out of the cloud steady give them a hail old boy Halt there i say Or we shall commence hostilities. I can't see anyone for the cloud. Look out for a trick. Darling. Are you there? Hello, darling. Give me a hand. Dickie! But Harry, how did you get away from them? Pull me out of this thing and then cut the cables. You ready? Turn off for questions now. I'll grab his hand. Now, Charters, I'll blast the cable when he's safe aground. Hurry it up. We can't, we can't take forever. Well, here
3: I Dickie.
5: Grab my hand. Here we go.
8: Look out, look out.
5: Here goes the cable.
8: Well, I, I guess that takes care of everything. Except... Oh, darling. Yes, except the bride. You may tell the papers that the bride wore Edelweiss and the, medding, medding, the wedding march was yodeled by the quaint peasants in alpine attire. Ah, we shall shove off. Old England's quite a walk from here.
4: It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes.
2: The
3: Riley and Kimmy Show.
4: Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.